Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome to today's issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good spring morning to you. Beautiful out there today. It is. Mm. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Chris Woodward, news reporter for American Family News. Good morning to you, Chris. Hello. Morning. Now, I, I would like you just to repeat what you had said just before the show started <laughs> when you asked me how old I was. And then, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think you said I look pretty good for my age. I, I did. Yeah. I did. I got a little has nothing up to there. do with the fact that I'm a vice president here at AFA, <laughs> though, right? You know, you you are a good-looking 42-year-old man, Ed. <laughs> hey, listen, folks. I take the compliments wherever I can get them. I don't care if it's not sincere. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right. It is a beautiful spring morning out, and I, I will uh, for our listeners, because our listeners, for the most part, unless they're tuning in or they're new and just kind of getting used to us, mm-hmm. we can take some getting used to. Um, uh, most of our listeners are like family, and so we are in the process of moving into our new building, the mm-hmm. uh, Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation. And uh, it is, it's, it's, uh, I've been here 26 years. Fred, you've been here 25. Mm-hmm. And uh, this old building, which is almost 45 years old, I think, at least parts of it, it, uh, it, it was, it was systemic, failing systemically. Yes, it was. Uh, the, we, lots of leaks that can't, can't be fixed when we get rain and we get rain here. And this backside of the building <laughs> where, we, where our studio is, is at some point going to fall into the ditch behind us. Yeah. The, a suggestion has been made in the chair where Ed is sitting. If you're watching right now, we may have to get seatbelts. Yes, because it, it will drift. The chair slides away. Yeah, I, I slide towards the back because that's the... the le- so anyway, hmm. uh, the, the, the leadership um, and the, the board thought it was time for the next 40 years, if God will give, a, give us that, and if Jesus tarries, we needed a uh, new facility. So we're in the process of moving. So we got part of the staff is still over here across the street, mm-hmm. uh, including our news department, and uh, I'm across the street. And uh, so... It's it takes some getting used to, but God has been good. Yeah. And, yeah. So, but I, I guess the reason I thought of it is because prior to us moving, we moved in yesterday. It was our first official day across the street in the new building. But when I get here normally, uh, and I've done this for years, I bring my lunch. So I eat my lunch at my desk, shut right, my door. Right. I don't see what the weather's like until I go home. That's right. But now having to cross the street a couple of times and come here for the show, mm-hmm. it is beautiful, beautiful morning. So, yes. all right. Not sure really why that was important, but. No, we'll, we'll <laughs> revisit the weather question walking across the street. First day at heavy rain. Oh, oh, yeah, see, oh yes, and see how it feels about it then. <laughs> now they will, they are, they will eventually be making studios across mm-hmm. the street. Yes, but that's yes. that's uh, a part of the uh, second phase, so to speak. That's months away. Yes, so, but yes, heavy rains. I, I might, I might gripe a time or two at yes. that. So, Chris, what have we got uh, uh, going on news wise? Well, there's a lot to mention uh, with the Supreme Court nominee. We'll get into that in just a bit, but I want to bring this up because Fox News is talking about Ukraine at the moment. Newsmax as well. Uh, President Biden is going to be attending a special NATO summit today in Brussels, as well as a European Council meeting, as leaders seek to reaffirm 
uh, what's being called their unity amid Russia's ongoing assault on Ukraine. Uh, it looks like NATO is expected to discuss enhancements of the military, humanitarian, and financial support they're giving Ukraine while uh, possibly stiffening economic sanctions on President Vladimir Putin and Russia. Uh, it looks like Poland has actually proposed the creation of a peacekeeping force in Ukraine, but it's not clear as to whether the U.S. and other NATO members uh, will go that far. I bring this up because, um, you know, we were led to believe a couple of weeks ago uh, that all of our economic sanctions on Russia were going to be really hitting them hard. They weren't going to be able to finance their war on Ukraine, and clearly that has not stopped uh, Vladimir Putin. Right now on Fox, they've got uh, aerial video of uh, something on fire in Ukraine. Um, they've, uh, they're still having an assault on Mariupol. They've uh, knocked out, the Russians have knocked out defense positions uh, around Kiev. So things are not looking good for the people of Ukraine. Yeah, actually what we're seeing right now in the video, uh, this is an attack by the Ukrainians against some Russian vessels. Uh, that that was kind of big news this morning. A demonstration that the Ukrainians are not without uh, the uh, ability uh, to fight back, as they have been. So this was, apparently, there was a couple of ships uh, there in the, it's a Black Sea report, uh, port there, and there was an attack there this morning. By the way, uh, President Biden at this meeting in Brussels this morning has announced that the United States will be taking 100,000 Ukraine refugees. Uh, wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm real happy about that. Yeah. That's, that's good that the United States is stepping up to do that. Uh, Ukrainian people are wonderful people, hardworking people. Uh, over 3 million of them have had to flee their country now. Right. And I'm glad the United States is stepping up to do this kind of thing. It's a heavily uh, Christianized country. On the western uh, portion, yeah. Yeah. Uh, west of uh, the capital. And, uh, in fact, we're going to be talking to a representative from Samaritan's Purse in a little bit. Right. Uh, about what Samaritan's Purse is doing there, and they're doing great things for those folks who are going through a tough time right now. Uh, of course, there are uh, millions who have been um, who have either fled Ukraine mm -hmm. uh, uh, or have been displaced, maybe displaced within Ukraine, having fled their cities. For the most part, those leaving the country are women and children, yes. while the men, I think ages 16 through 60, have been asked to stay to, yes. to fight. And uh, the vessel, my understanding is the vessel that we were we were watching on Fox News and probably most of our listeners, if they've been watching the mm. news, have seen that. that. I think that was a special, uh, that was a ship used to transport special operations mm. uh, forces for Russia. So yeah. uh, we may find out more about mm. that. You know, it's, it is difficult getting... The, uh, the uh, uh, Chris, the, the straight scoop yes. about what's happening because you do have disinformation campaigns from both sides. Right. So the Russians have been claiming that they are denazifying mm -hmm. Ukraine. And my, I, there are, I think there are yeah. uh, Nazis there. Um, uh, but I, I don't, you know, you say, well, is that really the reason why you're, you're going in? You're afraid of the Nazis, you know, right, yeah. again. Uh, but the Ukrainians are also doing some disinformation. So sometimes it's hard to know what's going on yes. when you just see videos or pictures. Yeah, and I've tried to – I probably have not been consistent with this, uh, but I've tried to say things like reportedly said to be things of that sort to let people know this is what I'm hearing and, and you know, this is what people are saying is going on in this situation. Um you know, we've all heard the stories about how this is a Russian invasion. 
Uh, Putin is the bad guy. Um, they are, you know, assaulting Ukrainians, things of that sort. But there are other stories out there about maybe uh, the Ukrainians uh, doing things we're not aware of. And maybe, and, you know, that is information that's not exactly being made forthcoming in a lot of news reports. You do also have uh, the speculation or the allegations out there that a lot of people in media are, and I'm using air quotes, Russian agents. Um, so it, it's very difficult in this day and age to believe what you hear. I mean, generally, you want to kind of take everything with a grain of salt. Okay, well, you, you know, try to find as much information as possible. That's what's good about our website, AFN.net, because we not only have staff stories from Chad and Steve and Charlie, uh, but you also have Associated Press comment, uh, content, I should say. So that way you kind of get a well-rounded uh bit of information. Well, let me just stick there for a second um, because I, I, I'm going to toss it back to you, mm -hmm. Chris, to let you uh, uh, encourage our people to sign up yes. for that, uh, for those news briefs. But Fred, now when it comes to Associated Press uh, material, you actually do a little bit of editing uh, of some of that because it is not always straight across the no. uh, board, straight news. No, uh, unfortunately, the Associated Press has joined CNN and uh, some of the other uh, major news agencies like the New York Times, and it's become uh, very left, very pro-democratic party type journalism. Right. And so uh, our contract allows us to go in and, and weed out the, the bias that's in there. Uh, but I think it's really important, and, and sometimes we've had some people from time to time say, well, why are you quoting President Joe Biden? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, we qu quote President Joe Biden, so you know what he says. Right. Uh, it's very Im important that you uh, you have that balance in there. And just because we we quote a politician you may not like does not mean we're endorsing what they're saying. Right. But it's really important that he be quoted accurately. Yes. So that you understand. And then what usually happens, we have reaction right. uh, to what he says. But uh, uh, that's why we have the Associated Press. And, and, and my... My comments, I should restrict as far as their bias goes, goes to political coverage Yeah, for the most part. The Associated Press does an excellent job on when we have disasters. Mm -hmm. Right. For instance, you know, we had the stories of the tornadoes this week. Yes. The Associated Press did an excellent job of bringing us up-to-date information on what's going on. And that's important to our listeners, yes. to our readers as well. Well, uh, Chris, let our listeners know, uh, some of them may have, for the first time, heard about American Family right. News, how they can access a uh, daily brief and uh, get some of those stories in their own email box. Yeah, uh, at the top of AFN.net, there is a button called subscribe. You can click that, enter your email address, and once a day, usually mid-afternoon, you'll get a compilation of seven, eight stories uh, with uh, all the things going on um, for people to kind of get briefed on what it is we're covering, what are the big issues of the day, stuff like that. We don't sell your email address. We don't require you to pay us to read our content. I don't like that either. I hope we never reach that point. I'll do my best to fight for you on that <laughs> if you are who, not a fan who would you who would you be fighting against chris <laughs> uh pot potato sack race down park gate <laughs> okay. would be fantastic okay so uh but we do have that it's a fantastic uh thing like i said once a day uh that is a compilation email that jody brown billy davis and melanie manning and all of our editors put together uh with all of our stories and it kind of gives you an idea of what's going on in the event you've not been able to listen to our news you can also check out our podcast we're updating those throughout the day as well all right all right, so let's. Uh, what else you got here? 
Well, uh, today is uh, another day of confirmation hearings for Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. That is the nominee that uh, President Biden wants to be on the Supreme Court. Today's events are going to be different from what you've seen and heard in the last 48 hours. Uh, today's proceedings are going to involve groups like the American Bar Association and others testifying uh, on behalf of Judge Jackson. The ABA has endorsed her. But one of the things that has caused a lot of concern in the last 24 to 36 hours was Judge Jackson declining to define a woman. And I'll set this up by uh, airing a bit of audio. This is an exchange between Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn asking Judge Jackson to define a woman. Clip one. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. the meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law, and I decide. Well, so I'm not... The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Now, that is a very puzzling and concerning uh, conversation there because we have all heard a lot now from the White House about how Judge Brown Jackson is the first black woman nominated for the Supreme right. Court. Kamala Harris was the first woman vice president but all of a sudden now we have that woman saying i can't define a woman when people that she would be arguably arguably ruling for have been talking that's about woman. that's an excellent excellent point uh mentioning the fact that the democrats have been bragging mm -hmm. uh fred about the fact that uh katanji uh judge katanji brown jackson is the first black woman to be nominated or not to be, yeah, to be nominated for the U.S. Supreme Court, but she can't define it. Uh, I, I will disagree with, with Chris on this. I don't really think it's puzzling why she didn't answer it. I, I think it's because, as Senator Marsha Blackburn was saying, this is a new battlefront that the progressive movement has opened up on this transgender idiocy. And by the way, folks, that's not, I am not mocking the people who struggle with real confusion sure. about their, their gender. I can't imagine what that's like. I can also can't imagine, as anybody who would, would look at me, would, uh, would, would be able to uh, – I wouldn't be able to fathom having an eating disorder, <laughs> mm. you know, not where I, where I don't eat. Mm. You know, that's also in people's minds where they think, they actually believe yeah. that they're fat. Mm -hmm. And so they starve themselves. So this, to me, this is mental illness. This is emotional confusion. But this is a new battlefront that the uh, the left has opened up. And it is very telling that the first black woman to be nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court can't define, won't won't define, I would say. Well, what a woman I, I is. thought it was amazing her and the the initial part of her response you heard there. Well, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> You don't have to be a biologist to define there's there's there are males and there are females and there are differences in how those chromosomes line line up line yep. up. Uh, I mean that's that's the bottom line. I, I I just think 
I think she said that because she was struggling. Okay, where am I, where am I going to go with a response on this? And I think you're exactly right. It goes to where we are in this country today, the battles over transgenderism and the battles over what people say is their right to define what they are. I forget how many pronouns there are out there now. There are a dozens of yeah. pronouns that people are using. What a, what a crazy day. You know, on the one hand, when we talk about global warming, uh, everybody says, follow the science. Right. Follow the science. We have to follow the science. During the pandemic, we have to follow the science. We have to follow the science. But when it comes to this matter, it's like, no, it's how they feel. You know, yes. that how they feel trumps, trumps the science. So it's, it's amazing the hypocrisy. But that's what happens when you start to distort God's order. Hmm. Yes, and that's what this is ultimately about. Yes. It is a rebellion against God's order. And as some have noted, her answer saying, I, I can't answer that because I'm not a biologist, some have pointed out the fact, well, then you do admit that the definition of a woman is going to be tied to biology. Yeah. You just don't want to go there. Yeah. And and let's 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 just put it all, all out on the table. If individuals are allowed to identify themselves any way they choose, and the rest of society has to agree with that self-definition, then I could have been the first black woman yeah. nominated to the to the Supreme Court yes. if I identified as a woman and as a black person. Yeah. So why why can't I self-identify when it comes to race? Yes. So it it's a it's an absurdity that comes from a an absolute rebellious refusal to admit that there is a God and he has designed reality a certain way. That's where this is coming. I do have a montage here of various people we've interviewed in the last day um, or featured sound bites from. Um, this is a montage of Penny Nance of Concerned Women for America, our very own Abraham Hamilton III. He was on the Tide Storm Show. And also I spoke to May Melman of the Independent Women's Forum about Judge Brown Jackson declining to define a woman, saying she's not a biologist. Clip two. We oppose the confirmation of Judge Brown Jackson. Not only is she an abortion activist, not only has she downward departed on sentencing for child pornography predators, but also she can't even answer the simple question what is a woman? It's just utterly ridiculous that we have someone who is nominated for the highest court in the land for a lifetime appointment. It's something as fundamentally basic as what is a woman. She waxes ignorant or reluctant, whatever option you choose. They both are embarrassingly insufficient for someone to be considered for such a high position. You know, I'm from Kansas originally. Can you find Kansas on a map? Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not a map maker. There's no way I would be able to define or find Kansas. Like, that type of response is facially uh, nonsensical. Well, this almost, I'm sure all our listeners know, this is a battleground that they have to be prepared for. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is in schools. It is in schools all the way down to the lower levels, which is why Florida got, has gotten uh, beat up over a simple law that the governor, Ron DeSantis, has promised to sign. Uh, that protects children, kindergarten through third grade, from this kind of nonsense. Can you imagine trying to trying to teach kids that young that you can't you can't identify what a girl is mm -hmm. or what a boy is? I mean, this kind of absurdity and uh, and 
frankly, spiritual rebellion has seeped that low in, uh, into our school system. So parents have to be paying attention. It, it's just it just goes to what we talk about behind these political battles. And sometimes there are Christians who say, well, I don't want to get involved with politics. Listen, behind these political battles, this is spiritual. Yes. I, I, I hope our folks are, and I think if you're an American Family Radio listener, you know this. Uh, but I, I, but I hope it keeps underlining. This is, this is all spiritual warfare. Right. You have to understand yeah. this is attack against God's design. This is what this is about, and the effort, the, the disgusting side. And you mentioned the Florida story of educators wanting to indoctrinate five-year-olds as to what you know sex is, and also. Part of the concern why this why this bill, which will be signed into law in Florida, was there. It's not only the teaching of it, but suggesting to these little five and six year olds, "Hey, do you feel really feel like a boy, Johnny? Uh, if you feel like a girl, maybe we can help you." Uh, this this was part of it, and and part of it is we don't want to tell your parents what we're oh, doing yeah. to you. That's happening a lot. This, that's scary stuff, folks, and you need to be aware of it. Yeah, um, the guy from Christian Post, uh, Brendan Showalter, I believe his name was, that was on a couple of days ago, talked about how this is not just in California and New York and other places that we often write up as liberal you know, bastions that we'll, we're far away from. It's happening in schools, and unfortunately, even as Showalter pointed out, it's happening in private schools, and unfortunately, he said it's also happening in some religious schools. So you need to have a conversation with what your kids are hearing. Well, yeah. and for those who insist that getting involved in the making of laws or, you know, what's being taught in schools is not is not what the church is called to do. All right. Let me just make let me make an assertion here and try to back it up with some facts. I know we're coming up to the uh, to the break. I'll try to make this as concise as possible. The teaching of the, the the teaching power of laws has been underestimated in my opinion in the evangelical community. When laws are passed, when Supreme Court rulings are issued, they affect what people think is right or wrong. The Bible in fact says that the law, the law of Moses was a tutor teaching us and leading us to Christ because laws teach Mm-hmm. That yes, laws do not change hearts, but they do change minds. Yes, and they do change behavior. So let me just give you a little bit of proof of what I'm talking about. In uh, a a recent CDC uh, analysis, this was a study that was uh, reported in U.S. News and World Report. The percentage of girls who do not identify any longer as heterosexual. They identify, in fact, as non-heterosexual, has grown to almost 18%. Yeah. Now, where do you think that comes from? Mm-hmm. It comes from a culture that's been teaching, just what we've been talking about. And these girls are deciding to identify as non-heterosexual. I'm telling you, laws do instruct people, and they do change minds. Court rulings do change minds. And if you don't get involved in this spiritual warfare we're talking about, they may be coming for your kids. Well, and if you're a Christian mom and dad and you say, well, we're teaching our kids the right thing, go to Barna Research. Barna Research looks at what's happening even in the evangelical community amongst young people. And there is a moving away 
from God's principles. Yeah. They're except because they're in, they're seeing so much of it on television, social media, and in their schools. And and let me just say one last thing about that. Yes, you may be training your kids, but if you're going to tell me you don't care what happens to your neighbor's kids, mm. shame on you. Yeah. You're supposed to love your neighbor, and that means defend those innocent children from the wickedness that's being taught in schools. All right, folks, when we come back, Jan Markell will be on. We'll be talking about some of the things. Well, we'll be talking about the, the new world order. How about that? And then at 1045, we'll have a representative from Samaritan's Purse discussing what's happening in the Ukraine. We'll take a short break. Hope you return to join us. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. Ooh. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? <laughs> Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. More than 70 years ago, several children erected three makeshift crosses atop Lynn Mountain in Elizabethton, Tennessee. The crosses are made of wood, barely recognizable through the trees and underbrush, but they've stood tall for generations, a reminder of a much higher power watching over the nation. But the crosses could soon be coming down. The Freedom From Religion Foundation says those crosses are on public land and therefore have to be removed. The out-of-town atheist group is threatening to sue, arguing the crosses represent an endorsement of Christianity. My good friends at First Liberty Institute have offered to represent the city pro bono. First Liberty successfully defended the American Legion in a similar case involving a memorial cross honoring war veterans. Local residents say they hope the crosses will remain, promise to do whatever it takes to stop the atheist, but it's going to take a fight, a fight that many say is worth fighting. I'm Todd Starnes. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. 
In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. And welcome back, folks. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. Welcome back to Today's Issues. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Um, folks, I, I do. I, my wife sometimes says I, I, I can't let things go. Usually that has to do with eating ribs. You know, I just won't leave the bones alone. But I, I do want to make one additional point. We were talking about before the break, Christians. I think the percentage is probably shrinking now as more and more Christians become aware of what is happening in our country and more Christians are wanting to become involved. But there is a very strong sentiment against that in the Christian community. Um, and Fred, you mentioned just before the break that a lot of parents who are homeschooling, mm-hmm. you know, they say, well, listen, my kids don't go to those public schools, so they're not subject to all the stuff you're talking about. So I am going to stay out of politics and, uh, and homeschool my kids. The irony of that kind of idea is that the reason, folks, that you, if you're homeschooling your kids, the reason you are allowed to do that is because in the 70s and 80s and 90s, other Christian parents fought in the realm of politics to legalize homeschooling. I don't know if you know this, but in most states, it was illegal for you to homeschool your children, except under very strict, strictly regulated circumstances. And it usually had to do with kids who were unable to go to a public school, to go to a school, period. The, the, the Christian parents who fought with organizations that arose to help them, the Homeschool Legal Defense Fund, others like that, uh, they went to their legislatures they fought in court. They went to Congress. They fought in the political realm to give you the right to homeschool your children. And for and for parents to then turn around and say, Christians don't need to be involved in politics. We're just going to homeschool our kids and keep them safe from all this rubbish that is being taught is, I, I guess it's not only ironic, but it's, it's just sad. Mm-hmm. Because as I said before the break, uh, laws teach people. Laws teach people, and if you want atheists to make all the laws and God-haters to make all the laws, well, go ahead. But it's naive to think they're not eventually going to come for you and your homeschooling efforts. All right, so I'm off my soapbox. There's no guarantee that I won't jump back up. And another thing. Uh, That's right. (laughs) I do that frequently. All right, folks, I want to welcome back to today's issues Jan Markell, who's host of Understanding the Times Heard Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central Time and Sunday at 12 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio. Jan, welcome back to Today's Issues. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Jan, good to have you with us today. Jan, your program is one of the most popular on American Family Radio. It's heard uh, on the weekend. And you. Uh, you deal a lot with with what's going on in our world today and biblical prophecy. And one of the phrases that's been around for a long time when it comes to biblical prophecy, and we're talking about the tribulation period, things leading up to the tribulation period, that seven-year tribulation period, 
there's a phrase that's been used through the years as people, yeah. politicians, talking about the new world order. Well, I think our audience would be interested to know that the president of the United States, <laughs> Joe Biden, earlier this week, in a yeah. speech to the business roundtable, and we're going to play it for you folks, so you know we're not just blowing smoke here. Right. I want you to hear it out of the words of uh, mouth of the president of the United States, what he was talking about earlier this week about the evolution of a new world order. Cut eight. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there. And we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. You know, he talks about what we're where we're at right now. So we, I have to assume that he was referring to the pandemic, and the world coming together, and world leaders making rules for everybody. Jan, I, I I've heard this phrase for many years. I've mm. heard the phrase, you know, reset. You probably right. have heard that word being used, but it all points to I think. What they're talking about is a global government. Yes. You know, I think the question is, um, is this just a clever catchphrase, or is there actually a cabal that's trying to put together a end-time system with global leaders and global elite, and are they going to try to form a, I, the Bible would call it, uh, a single form of government, global one world, one world government, I, I believe it's, it's, it's that, uh, Fred. I believe that this New World Order talk is exactly, these guys know what they're saying. I'm not sure Mr. Biden knows what he's saying. And I, and I don't say that, I don't say that in a, in a demeaning way, but I, I mean, I just question whether he would be, in that he's the leader of the free world, he certainly may be somewhat informed about this, but I guarantee you he's not going to lead this because it's going to take a very sharp international player who's going to come on the scene. And I, I, he, may be, uh, he may be on the scene already, but unidentified as this global leader, and uh, put together a new world order. And it, it will be very satanic, will be very demonic. But I think, I think the good news, Fred, is, is that God has his new world order. Amen. And that's going to be the millennium where everything works perfectly well and and where he's ruling out of Jerusalem. So, but I think you see the forces of good and evil uh, sort of uh, clashing already as they try to establish this one-world system, and I think that this one-world system is coming under the catchphrase of New World Order. It's, it's Chris here. Um, a lot of people, they hear these things, and they, um, you know, they've, they're familiar with it, but they don't have all the information. Your show, obviously, um, provides a lot of educational background on these kinds of other issues. What are some things um, beyond the Bible even where we can kind of, you know, realize what exactly is going on or what is uh, coming? Well, I think we can, I think a good look at, at, at the globe today, as painful as that is, will kind of indicate that 
the world is is in a terrible state right now. Not only that, but we've got um, at least one country. Well, actually, there are about forty either wars or conflicts that are serious going on as we speak. So it's not just the one in Ukraine, but in Ukraine, sadly, we have to see it in real time with cell phone images posted to social media and other places, uh, certainly shown on the evening news, and that is really, really tough to keep watching. But I think and sort of an outgrowth of that is that now, right now that's making people long for someone who will come along and say, you know what, um, I've got all the answers, and we don't have to have these wars, and we don't have to have, and they'll throw climate change in there. We don't have to have the, the climate, uh, whatever, threatening to wipe out humanity as we know it, uh, because I have all the answers. So I just think what, what's setting all of this up is, is continued uh, global catastrophes. And gentlemen, what's coming next, I, I don't like saying it, but it's sort of what always happens when there's this kind of gross instability and war uh, food shortages are coming next, and this man with a plan will come along and say, you know, I can fix that too. Uh, I can fix all the problems that this world is kind of winding up, going to face here in the next few years. So um, most of the world will go along with this. My position and my program talks about it this weekend. My position is the church is removed at that point uh, when things get beyond, well, beyond hope, so to speak. The church is removed in what's known as the rapture of the church. And I know that's all debated, and other theologies believe other things, but this is what we present on Understanding the Times Radio. So all I'm saying is I think the stage is being set. The players are lining up sort of on a chessboard. They're moving around right now, and the final act is about to drop. And therefore, if I could just leave one thought with your listeners, it would be, are you ready to meet Jesus? Um, should he come in the clouds today, or should you pass away today? Are you ready to meet Jesus? And that's the most important decision anybody can make, and time is running out. Amen. Jan Markell? Yes, Jan, thank you so much for what you uh, bring to American Family Radio and what you, thank you. What you bring to the body of Christ. And uh, well, so, thank t- you. so tell us uh, any... Uh, any hints about what you might be covering this? I know sometimes they're they're last minute when you have waiting on a guest to appear, you know, to confirm whether they'll be on with you. But what are your? Do you have any plans for this weekend? Your show? Yeah, Pastor Billy Crone will be with me, and uh, we're going to going to look at just what is this rapture of the church, and uh, what the Bible says about it, and who's going to be going in the rapture, and why you want to be among those who are going in the rapture, uh, because because. Gentlemen, the conditions for the left-behind world are unthinkable. If what we see in Ukraine right now will be in every country of the world, every every country on the planet will look like Ukraine, and that's why it's so important to be ready to meet Jesus one way or another. So and 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 escape that terrible time known as the tribulation or the time of Jacob's trouble. It's in the Bible, uh, Daniel's 70th week um, out of the Bible. Jan, thank you uh, for being on with us today. Okay, bye now. Right. Um, I, I uh, even even here within AFA, I'm sure I, I, I've not really talked to people about it. I'm sure there's some different theologies with mm-hmm. regards to the end times, but I remember a, a a pastor of of mine when I was on staff at a a local church here, and a, and a friend of mine 
um, uh, I considered him a friend, Cecil Pumphrey. Uh, he, he told me, he said, well, he told the church one time, he said, well, here's, here's my theology about the, about the return of Jesus or the rapture. He's coming and I'm going. <laughs> and I, and I, and I thought, you know what that is that, and I d- adopted that and for years I was back in the eighties and I just thought, you know what, that is, that's what unites us. Whatever yes. your views are about the rapture, it's yes. pre, mid, post-trib, whatever. Um, uh, we should all be united by a desire to see our King return and Amen. come and come to get us and to be with Him. And and something's wrong if that desire is not growing. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. All right, we want to welcome another guest in studio with us, Michael Dukes, who's regional director. Uh, a regional director for uh, Samaritan's Purse, a ministry that we have a real affinity for here because of the uh, the Christmas Child, the shoeboxes. We have a lot of people who are involved in that. That's one of the things they're known for, but they do a lot more than just that. But we want to welcome Michael to uh, the program. Michael, welcome. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Great you're to having have you me here. in today. It's Absolutely. been a wonderful time on campus already this morning. And I, I just got to tell you what, what's what's happened to you today is what happens to when we get a lot when we get people to come on campus who are involved with ministries. We wring them out like a like a, a wet dish rag. So <laughs> Michael did devotions for us. He's been in meetings. He's going to be on the air. We'll we'll as long as you're here. We'll 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 ring you. Dry. Are you going to feed me as well? We can do that. Okay. All right. We, we, we don't want good. you to faint. We're you good. Know? Yeah. We're good. So, uh, hey, uh, tell our listeners about Samaritan's Purse Ministries mm-hmm. uh, in general, some of the things you do. And then, as I promised the people, we want to talk about what you guys are doing in Ukraine sure. and what the ministry sees happening there mm-hmm. on the ground. But tell us some general things about Samaritan's sure, Purse. Sure, sure. Well, again, thank you for having me today. And thank you uh, to AFA family for being such vital uh, partners in ministry, co-laboring with us as we go around the world to care for people. We are um, an international uh, di- uh, humanitarian aid disaster relief organization that is evangelical. Uh, we go and care for people in their darkest times of need, uh, their, their, their greatest times of need, uh, with tangible help, uh, but all with the gospel being the central focus. We are looking for that opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. We say within the ministry, the excellence of our work serves as the platform for our witness. What compels us to go is certainly to care and minister to their acute needs um, in those darkest hours, but it's it's the desire to share the good news of the gospel. So the ministry, as many of your listeners will know, is connected to the Graham family. Uh, Franklin Graham serves as our president and CEO uh, of Samaritan's Purse, as well as the president and CEO of Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Uh, We are in our 52nd year of operation, um, and we uh, started as a very small ministry uh, wanting to go around the world to see, you know, to share, um, you know, God's resources with those that are uh, impoverished, that can't care for themselves. Again, with the gospel as a central focus, and we've grown into a ministry that operates in 110 plus uh, countries around the world. We have affiliate offices in addition to our international headquarters in Boone, North Carolina. We operate in Canada, in the UK, mm-hmm. in Germany. Australia and South Korea; those are official affiliate offices, 
And then we have 17 international field offices in countries around the world. And so we are 32-plus employees strong uh, internationally and uh, care for people um, who are like our our brothers and sisters in in Ukraine right now that are struggling. Uh, They didn't ask for this conflict. Go ahead. Now, 3,200 employees, right? That is correct. Yes, okay. Yeah. did you I said say? 32. I, I want oh, 3200. Yes. yes. I want our listeners I want our listeners to know that this is a this is an expanding ministry. I was yeah. going to say that's mighty efficient. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Can you, just man, 32 people getting all that accomplished. That's right. Super well, you can tell when to, people are clo- close to God, they can yeah. get more done than absolutely. any normal Amen, individual. Brother. So. Yeah, 3200 uh, employees worldwide and um you know, we have programming. Most most of your listeners are going to know of Samaritans First, either through Operation Christmas Child, mm-hmm. the shoebox gifts, mm-hmm. or our U- U.S. disaster relief efforts. Right. You know, we're, we're on the ground today, right now, in the New Orleans area in Round Rock, Texas, responding to the tornadoes this week. Um, so I, I don't know how much more you want me to well, give. Well, no, that's, that's good. I, and I, I do want to say, and then uh, Fred and Chris, you guys can jump okay. in. I, I do, I do want to say that um, it, it is the heart of – Sometimes we're accused here at AFA of only caring about politics, and that's mm-hmm. nothing could be further from the truth. We have lots of gospel preaching programming on our radio network, but also through ministries like yours, Eight Days of Hope. If you're a Christian, you, you can't you, you can't ignore the suffering of people around you. You talk Amen. about acute need, acute needs, those that are just uh, right there. They are uh, life threatening, mm-hmm. oftentimes the Christian is going to want to reach out. So from from soup kitchens to being involved with crisis pregnancy centers to these kinds of operations, that, I mean, Operation Christmas Child, our church does it, a lot of churches around here. People who know Jesus and who want people to be saved also do not ignore the suffering of people because many Christians have suffered themselves and they want to reach out. And the heartbeat of Jesus is to reach out and to help. Amen. And of course, we're, we're Samaritan's Purse. Mm-hmm. We draw uh, you know, our organizational name from Scripture, you know, Luke accounts of the Good Samaritan, right? right? And uh, of course, Christ is centrally focused there. He, his example, he is our standard. Right. And what did he do? He came to serve, not to be served. Right. And, uh, and that's what we're going to do. Let's talk a little bit about Ukraine because mm. your your ministry is very active right now in helping those uh, millions of people who are in need uh, in Ukraine. You have a hospital set up right inside the country right now. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So through Operation Christmas Child, we for years now have had an expansive network, partner network in Ukraine, uh, more than 3,200 church partners uh, throughout the country. And uh, on average, we will deliver anywhere between 500 and 600,000 shoebox gifts within the country. And I, sh- I just have to say, already in the first two months, um, you know, the first two full months of this year, the Ukrainian church has delivered 417,000 shoebox gifts to children mm. across the country in two months' time. It's unbelievable. They, uh, we also have a, a 13-week uh, discipleship program called The Greatest Journey that we administer there uh, through Operation Christmas Child. Amidst air raid sirens in uh, in Ukraine, there were TGJ classes going on. It's unbelievable. Uh, so the 
the evangelical church across Ukraine, strong and vibrant. We've seen the resiliency of the Ukrainian people play out in mainstream media. Now just overlay you know, that on, that on the church. Today is the day of salvation, and they are out proclaiming the good news of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You, you've mentioned uh, a lot of people are familiar with um, the Operation Christmas Child and uh, the medical uh, response teams, disaster response teams. Yep. What are some of the other professions that you've met uh, that volunteers have come from to when they've helped out? Because I think sometimes people think, well, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a carpenter. I don't know that I'm, you know, can volunteer for you. Sure. Um, logistics. You know, think of the, the issues that, that exist globally on supply chain mm. and logistics moving things. When you take 10 to 11 million shoebox gifts each year and try and get them into 110 plus countries, yeah. okay, it, it, you don't have to have you know, a degree in rocket science, mm. but you've got to be able to work through logistical issues. So, uh, we have many individuals that through our disaster assistance response teams, we call it DART, right? These are predominantly, we, we know of medical professionals, mm. doctors and nurses that, that apply and, and become a part of that DART roster so that when a crisis like what's going on in Ukraine exists, they can volunteer themselves mm-hmm. to go and be a part of the medical response. But we need logistics professionals to help us operate within country, to know the laws there and how to, to get things through. And, and then, of course, through supply chain and then getting things into country. So that's one avenue that, yeah, certainly it's not just medical professionals that we're taking in. Um, organizationally, you got to deal with people. We've got 150 people on the ground in Ukraine right now. How do you attend to their needs daily? Right. You know, get them fed. You know, how, how are they sleeping? You know, taking care of their, their schedules each mm-hmm. day. So it's not like we have a director of HR there, but kind of that role right. can function. How can you love on people, care for people, and, and keep them operating? Uh, scheduling, that kind of thing. Yeah. I want to go back to your, your question, though, about the hospital. So, yes, uh, we have one emergency field hospital that is set up in Lviv, um, and it is serving patients. Uh, it's been a little less than two weeks that we've welcomed our, our first patient in. Uh, I do have some fresh statistics for you I want to share. Uh, so far, we've performed four surgeries, and I'm sure that number has, has grown. We've seen um, more than a thousand patients given uh, almost 1100 consultations. Uh, this is in the, in the hospital. And then we also have two, uh, think of them as, uh, kind of emergency care clinics, little setup clinics. Um, and, and it, you'll have to forgive me. I'm not, I don't need to give the locations for some right. of these, yeah. as you can imagine, I sensitive information, that. but we do have those clinics available. We've delivered more than 61 metric tons of food within the country. So think about that. Mm-hmm. that that's pretty significant. Uh, we've delivered more than, it's still winter there, right? So 2,100 blankets and, and clothing items, uh, 71, almost 7,200 hygiene kits. To this people. is just in the last two weeks? Yeah, so we've made, we've made well, the, the we've been on the ground since really the conflict began. We've okay. made five different airlifts on the DC-8 plane into country. Um, there because serving. see, see uh, what our, our listeners I'm sure are aware of, but sometimes you don't think about the fact that there are, there are literally millions of Ukrainians who are displaced. Oh, I forget absolutely. the number. Who Six have and left a half. I country, heard was but, 
Three and a half Left out the of the country. country, crossed borders, six and a half displaced. So yes. when you're talking about hygiene kits, when you're talking mm-hmm. about consultations, you're talking about people who are away from their homes. They're away from the medications they have there in their mm-hmm. in their uh, cabinets and in their closets. And, you know, not just medications, but hydrogen peroxide or, you know, neosporin yeah. or any of those yeah. kind of things. A Band-Aid. Yeah. A, a Band-Aid. Yeah. So, and, and these are serious things when people, when there's war and they're broken sewage pipes and you can't have clean water, infections, all those kinds of things that we typically don't think about uh, because we have readily at hand oh absolutely the cures for that when you're on the run these these kinds of clinics that you're talking about and access to these kinds of medications Mm -hmm. and uh, services are life-saving that's right that's right and that's what we've been called to do right as as believers christ followers so we're, we're following the example of christ that that is what compels us to be there but we've got to tend to the tangible needs daily. Yeah. Yes, These people are literally, you said it, they're fleeing for their lives. They and, don't have a home to return right. to. And uh, and the thing I love about Samaritan's Purse is that you do not shy away from the gospel-centric mm. right. part of ministry. And we don't, we're, we're, we're running out of time, but sure. you shared with us in devotions about people that ha- were saved that, uh, you know, I think you were talking about the Yazidis. Right, yeah, they're in in northern Iraq. That's right. I mean, we started working with this people group years ago now that started with a small handful of converts and and had their own church now. We we are out of time. Uh, Michael uh, Dukes has been our guest. Michael, tell folks a website if they want to help. Sure, it's real easy. Uh, Samaritanspurse.org. Samaritanspurse.org. That's right there. You can keep up with news. Obviously, if the Lord compels you to give, you can do it right there. And if they want to volunteer, absolutely, that's a those links are all available, and there are numerous avenues for support and engagement, volunteering uh, with the ministry, all available right there. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. God bless you. All right, folks, we're going to take a five minute break for news, and when we come back, Steve Jordahl will join us. We'll talk about more about the news that is both here and abroad affecting your life. Five minute break for news. Please join us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.